This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, for me, this is kind of a, a sad day. Um, I have enjoyed all of you so much. Uh, you are some of the nicest folks I've, I've been around, and I am going to miss being here with you, but, you know, life goes on. And, uh, but one of the things that you're probably not going to have to do anymore is say this saying every Sunday morning. Maybe you're glad of that, but I hope that you will, even if you're not saying it here on Sunday morning, I hope every day that you get up, that you remember this, that from the great commission that Jesus gave us to go and make disciples, we get this idea. The word go in that, in that verse has the connotation of going in, in life. And so we came up with while going through life as a reminder. Say it with me. While going through life. To be that reminder of us that every day, no matter what we're doing, uh, we are a representative of Christ and we have the opportunity to maybe to um, disciple someone or bring someone into to the church or whatever. But we have opportunities while going through life. And that's at work or play or school or wherever we're going. And one of the things that you can do while going through life is be an encouragement to other people. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The, the ways of encouragement. So let me start with a definition that someone gave, and I, I don't know the uh, source, but it's a good definition. It says, a person who gives words of encouragement is helping another person become bolder and braver. By giving encouragement, you are adding courage to that person. You are helping a person stand firmer and go farther. On the other hand, to discourage a person is to take away a person's courage. So, you know, just as you were all cheering, I know, madly yesterday for Ohio State, if you were there in the stadium, you would have been encouraging them to go farther, to go more, to, to, to win. You know, in any football team or baseball team, basketball, what that's what we're doing to the players. We're encouraging them by our cheering. We want them to go forward. And that's what we do as an encourager for Christ. When a person is working for God, I know that what I want to do, I want to encourage them. I want them to continue on in what they're doing. I want to help Christians keep going, to keep on, to do their best. I want Christians to be bold and reclaim what the enemy has stolen from them. I want Christians to stand taller. I want Christians to, to give their best effort. I want them to help. You know, help, the, uh, help others. I want to help them to be successful at that. I want to give them an added boost. I want to, uh, to be a godly encourager. And you know what? Every one of us as Christians should want the same thing. That's what we should be wanting to do for other people. Look at Hebrews 3.13. But encourage one another daily. How often do we encourage people? Daily. 
as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The reason that we encourage others is because sin is trying to harden them against everything that God wants for them. We need to encourage them to keep on keeping on with their faith. So I want us to kind of flesh out this word encouragement this morning. And and here's the first thing I think we can find. Um, You can encourage one another with your words. It's probably the most common way that we encourage people is through our words. We tell people how much we appreciate them or how much we admire what they do or or we tell them about how well they're doing things. The wisdom literature of the Old Testament Proverbs gives us this word in Proverbs 25, 11. Like apples of gold in a setting of silver. I just imagine a a, a person who works in precious metals creating this apple of gold. And then they placed it in a a setting of silver. And and how beautiful the, uh, the, the person who wrote Proverbs must have thought that would look. And he said, like apples of gold in a setting of silver is a word spoken in the right circumstances. When you speak the right word of encouragement, it is a precious treasure that you have given to someone. One of my favorite stories is about this banker who every day on his way to the bank, uh, he would pass this man who had no legs. He was on the side of the street leaning up against the building. He had some pencils and a cup for you to put money in. And the banker would every day go over and throw some money in his cup, but he would demand one of the pencils. Many people just threw money in and kept on going. They didn't want the pencil. But this banker demanded a pencil every day. And he would tell this this beggar, he said, you are a merchant. And I always expect to receive a good value from merchants that I do business with. Then one day, as the banker went to work, the legless man was gone. The sidewalk was empty where he had always been. Time passed on, and the banker, he forgot kind of all about this guy. But one day, the banker walks into a a public building downtown, and there at the concession stand in the lobby sat the former beggar. He was now the owner of his own small business. And the banker walked up to buy something from him, and, and the uh, beggar, uh, he, had, he recognized him, and he said, you know, I, I've always hoped that I would see you again someday. He said, because you are largely responsible for me being here. You kept telling me that I was a merchant, and I started thinking of myself as a merchant. Instead of a beggar receiving gifts, I started being a merchant who sells pencils, lots of them. You gave me self-respect, and you caused me to look at myself differently. There was a study that showed when we are praised, our energy level goes up. When we are criticized, our energy level goes down. How many times, and I hope it's not been many in your life, but I would imagine all of us has heard it too much, heard something like this. You'll never get that done. 
Uh, you, are you kidding me? You can't do that. Uh, how, and as cho- a child, I hope you never had anyone say to you, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. How about you're going to try what? Well, good luck with that. Do you know how hard that's going to be if you do that? And here's, here's the thing about those who have discouraged you. Many times they've said those words, but they don't even realize how deeply it hurt you. James 3.2 says this, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who was never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Well, most of us are not perfect. I, I, I didn't meet a few of you that are, but most of us, and you know who you are, right? But most of us are not perfect. And we are going to times say things that we wish we hadn't said, that we're discouraging. Maybe we didn't even realize that we hurt somebody's feelings. But I want you to think about this. Think about the effect of words, the effect of the words that a parent says to a child. The effect of a husband's words or a wife's words to their mate. Oh, we've all experienced this, the impact of the boss's words on us as an employee. Think about words that have been said in love to you. Think about words that have been said in anger. Uh, words that have been said to you in encouragement. And here's some words that you don't even realize how they impact you negatively, but words that have been said to you as gossip. Words have helped shape your lives, both good words and those that weren't so good. Acts 11.23 says, He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. The apostle wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, into this church he said this, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Now here's, he's, first he's giving him a thought. Encourage one another and, and build each other up. And then Paul gives them these encouraging words, just as in fact you are doing. That had to make them feel good about themselves when they read that. Paul knows that that's what we do. Then in verse 14 he says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, Warn those who are idle and disruptive, but encourage the disheartened. One of the apostles of Jesus was called, his name was Barnabas. Barnabas means the son of encouragement. Listen, you all need some Barnabases in your life. Find a Barnabas or two that encourages you. And if you've got a lot of discouragers that you hang out with, if at all possible, quit hanging out with them. Their negativity isn't worth their friendship. Find some people who will be a Barnabas in your life. Joshua 1.9 says, 
Oh, this is so good because it, even though it's Old Testament, Joshua, when you, when you gave your life to Christ and you became a Christian, when you asked for that forgiveness of your sin and Christ became a part of your life, you became what Joshua is talking about here. Joshua 1.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now get this, how's this for encouragement? You are God's special possession. In fact, of all the possessions that could be said they are God's, all the creation, everything, you are the crowning jewel because only you were made in his image. So you are God's special possession and that you are, is, as that special possession, you are the only one that may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. When God called you out of the darkness of sin and you gave your life over to him, you became one who has the privilege of declaring praises to God. That's why he created you. That's why he made you in his image so that you could be one given the special privilege of praising the God who made you. All of us should want to encourage people with words that we say. The task of encouragement is, is not about what it does for us. It's about helping other people. It's about saying words that build people up. It's about words that give people hope. It's about words that give people courage. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 gives us this challenge. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, church, not giving up meeting together because that's the place where you give uh, love, where you spur one another on to good deeds. So not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the first way that we can encourage people is through our words. The second way, and this one you will know because it's a saying you've probably heard. Fill in the blank. What speaks louder than words? Actions. You can encourage people, you can encourage one another with your actions. And there's a lot of truth to that statement that actions speak louder than the words. People notice what you do. They notice what you do by your actions. We are setting an example to follow whether we realize it or not. Even if our actions at the moment we're doing this acting or we're doing this living of our life out uh, and we're not meaning it to, uh, to be an example to anybody, you're still being an example. 
Because no matter where you go, people are watching you. People see what you do. That's why in James 1 22, it says, do not merely listen to the word, the word of the scripture, or the word that is preached. Don't, don't deceive yourself into believing that that's all you need to do is just listen to the word and read the word. It says, do what it says. The word says we are to encourage. And one of our greatest actions that speaks volumes about us is our demonstration of love to others. I, I love doing wedding ceremonies. It's, it's one of the, you know, once you get past the bride, it's one of the greatest times that you'll have. Just kidding. Um, most, in many, many, many of the ceremonies I've done, they choose a, a verse to be read. And many times they choose 1 Corinthians 13. If you're not familiar with it, uh, this chapter out of uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, is often referred to as the love chapter because in that chapter, it describes love. And so, you know, the, the bride and the groom, they choose to have this verse read in their ceremony. And the reason I love for them to make that choice is because it's a great teaching opportunity right in the midst of a wedding ceremony, not only to the bride and groom who have chosen the verse, but to all of those married folks that are listening in. Because when you're at a wedding, it's almost like a mini, a kind of a, a mini renewal of your own vows. You're thinking as those vows are going on, as that ceremony is going on, you're thinking about your own promises that you made and the love that you have and all those things go through your mind. So in this 1 Corinthians 13, when you read it in a wedding ceremony and you begin to explain some of it, it's like a teaching moment for everyone. Now here's what it says. Let me explain to you. The words used in 1 Corinthians 13, none of them have anything to do with that chemical reaction that we have between one another as a man and a woman. You know, that, that thing that's generated, those emotions. It's not about that. It's not about the feelings. What is talked about in love here is the actions that show love. It is an act of your will to do any of these things or in the cases of this verse, some things that you're not to do. Each one of them is an act of your will. You have to decide you will do them or you won't do them accordingly. So let's look at the verse. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. You see how these are acts of your will, the things you, you would have to decide that you're going to do or not do. It is not self-seeking, or in other words, it's not selfish. Love is not easily angered. Well, here's a good one. Here's an action verb, action for you. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And I love this verse 7. Here's what love does. And these are all things that you have to determine that you're going to do. Love 
always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. You see how these all have one thing in common? Each one of these is an act of your will, something you have to decide to do. It's not based on emotion or some kind of of a feeling you get between each other. These are things that you are going to have to sit down and say, this is how I'm going to treat my, my, my new spouse. These are things you choose to do because the very action of doing them shows love. And as we have said, actions speak louder than words. Encouragement also needs to be done in more than words. Encouragement can be an action. Um, the life you lead, it's, it's the legacy that you are currently building that is being watched. Especially we want to say that to our parents and our grandparents today. The legacy that you are leaving you are creating in this moment. I've done a lot of funerals. I've heard a lot of very nice things said about people. And a lot of times, they're wanting a lot of those things really that true. It's afterwards that the real legacy is spoken about. Our legacy is the actions that we live out every day while people are watching us. So if people are going to be influenced by your actions, make them good actions. You have such a wonderful opportunity to encourage people by the way you live life, by the way that you show them love and you demonstrate love. Have you ever seen boys put on their dad's shoes and shirt or the girls put on their mom's jewelry and the makeup and the clothing and, and they're trying to be like mom and dad and of course they don't look a thing like their mom and dad dressed up and these clothes are all too big for them. But what they're wanting to do by doing that, they're wanting to emulate the one that they, they have been watching. I remember my dad one time, I was about five I think and, and um he, we went to a, a hardware store someplace and bought some stuff. And on the way, it was one of those really, really hot summer days. And Dad had been working outside. And, and we were on the way home. And Dad stopped by this bar. I can still tell you the name of the bar. And it, we went in. It was a little neighborhood bar. It wasn't a sleazy place or anything like that. But it was a little neighborhood bar. And we went in. And Dad got a beer. And he got me a 7-Up. And we sat there and, and drank those things, and then we went on home, and I thought it was so cool. I thought it was the, I was, I walked in strutting and told my mom, Dad and I stopped and had a beer. And Dad said, no, you had a seven up. I said, oh, no, I, I had a beer. And my dad, my, oh, Mama wasn't pleased. She didn't, need even, she didn't even need words to express that to Dad. But Dad got really upset, uh, not with me, but he got upset with himself. And to my knowledge, my dad never went in another bar 
And I don't, I don't remember him ever drinking again. You see, we're all setting examples for others to follow. Are your actions encouraging the right things? Because your actions are encouraging people to do whatever. But are they encouraging you to do the right things for those who watch you? Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11. 1. Follow my example. Can you imagine doing this? Can you imagine getting up in church or getting up at your work or getting up at school or wherever and making an announcement? Hey, everybody, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start following my example. I'm a Christian and I want you to follow my example. I want to show you what it means and how to live as a Christian. So everybody watch me. Can you imagine doing that? Paul says, I want you to follow my example. As I follow the example of Christ. In the King James Version, it says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. In Ephesians 5.1, it says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. We are to act like our Father in heaven. Now, some of us didn't have good dads, maybe, or good moms. Maybe our parents were absent. I, there's all kinds of situations where we grow up in places where it wasn't a good thing. And if, you're, if that's where you grew up and you didn't have anybody to really imitate, let me say this. Paul says, imitate your heavenly father. Follow God's example. You've got a father in heaven that will set and has set the example for you. And because your actions speak louder than words, let us be examples of encouragement to others by what we do. There's a third way that we are to encourage you can encourage one another by your attitude. It's pretty amazing sometimes that you can see two people look at the very same situation and they'll see it so differently. Uh, the negativity that some people see in a situation and other people see the positive. Um, the negativity that some people have in their life that never changes they have never seen a situation that they couldn't complain about. They have never met a person with hope that they couldn't pour cold water on. Some seem to think their lot in life is to take any given situation and point out every negative possibility they can think of. Uh, there are some who seem to think discouragement is a spiritual gift. I got to tell you, there are some people who say that they're Christians that we need to tell them, would you please not tell anybody else? Because their model is not good. Um, every situation that comes into our life, we need to do our best to see the positive side of it, even when it's hurtful, painful, whatever. Because every situation is a divine opportunity for us to demonstrate the love of Christ. I know that's hard. At sometimes it seems impossible. 
But I believe that every situation eventually we can give as a good witness. As believers, we encourage one another by our attitudes. Philippians 2, 1 and 3 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if you have any common sharing in the Spirit, that Spirit capitalized meaning the Holy Spirit, if you have any tenderness, if you have any compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourself. When we do that, we are encouragers. Mark Twain revealed some awesome wisdom when he said, Keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that. But the really great people make you feel that you too can become great. It's like the, the two shoe salesmen that were sent to sell shoes on an island, a tropical island. And when they got there, they found out that everybody on this island went barefoot. So they came back and the first salesman reported in and he said, uh, you know, this was the worst place ever. It's the most depressing place, he said, because no one wore shoes there. We will never sell shoes on this island. The second salesman came back and he was all excited. He said, well, what a great potential this place has. What a great opportunity. Do you know nobody wears shoes there? And I gave a pair of shoes to the leader, the tribal leader, and he loved them. And before I left, all the tribal members want us to come back with shoes. It's wide open market because nobody wears shoes. <laughs> what a difference in the way people look at things. Here's what we know. God wants you and me, he wants us to be encouragers. God wants you to live as one that has hope. Your words can be encouragement. Your actions can be a role model of encouragement. Your outlook on life can give you this positive attitude. You can be so sure of this because God's promised this. Listen to what he has promised. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. God can take even the most negative part of our lives and once we give our life to Christ, he can take that and make us a brand new creation. Philippians 4.13 says this, for you that are a brand new creation, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. If Christ wants you to be an encourager, don't you know that he will give you strength to do it? I mean, he's given you the Holy Spirit to empower you. Christ can make you over. He can give you power. God gives us the strength that each and every day to meet whatever challenges that face us. And if you trust him, 
If you'll trust in him, he will give you strength as well. Just put your faith in him. Depend on him because he is our encourager. Be an encourager. Encourage others with your words that you speak to them. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Tell them how much you love them. Encourage others with the examples that you set. Remember, actions speak louder than words. And you speak the the loudest in being a doer of the word. Show people how much you love them by being loving toward them. Encourage others by having a positive outlook on life. And all of that is possible if Christ is in your life. All of this is possible if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. All of this is possible if you are in God's hands. So here's our next step. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, is he? I mean, if he is the Lord of your life, um, then be an encourager. But let me say this also. If Jesus is not yet in your life, you know about him, you've read about him, You've been around people to know him, but for you to say that you have actually stopped and said, Jesus, I, 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 I need to be forgiven. I've got a record of things I've done that I'm not proud of, that are not good. I know in your eyes they're not good. I, I have this sin, and it needs to be forgiven, Jesus And Jesus, I need you to transform me. I need you to come and be a part of my life so you can make me that new creation that you have called me to be, that you promised that I will become. Have you done that? Have you really invited Christ to heal you, to restore you? to make you all that he wants you to be. I know right now the discourager, the enemy, is whispering in somebody's ear and telling them, you don't need to do this. You can't change. God doesn't want anybody with your record. Uh, You know, you'll you'll do this and tomorrow you'll be right back to where you were. And, And just saying anything and everything, he knows how to hit you right where you believe. And he's trying to discourage you. And you know that the spirit moving in this place is trying to do something different with your life. Stop resisting Christ. What are you waiting for? Today, let me encourage you. This day could be the best day of the rest of your life. Take the step of faith. Come before Christ. Ask for that forgiveness. I'm going to be sitting right down here in the front row. 
And as Daniel leads us in this last song, if you need to pray, if you need to ask Christ into your life, would you come and sit with me? And together, we will find Christ. Together, we will ask him into your life. Bow with me. Stand and bow with me. Holy Spirit, we ask that right now your strength and power is so overwhelming that no one can resist your calling. And if there is one here today that needs to confess their sin, if there's one here today that needs to commit their life, that you will encourage them so powerfully that the discourager cannot, cannot keep them in their seat. Satan, we, in the name of Jesus, rebuke you from this place so that only spirit we feel right now is the spirit of the living God. We ask this in Christ's name.